Welcome to Forever Seeking, the Notre Dame Prep Alumni Speaker Series presented by the Forever Saints Alumni Association. I'm Jenny Douglas, NDP's Annual Campaigns and Alumni Engagement Coordinator. As Saints, we are forever seeking. This series features NDP community members who share how their involvement with NDP has impacted their lives and their ongoing search for wisdom, truth, knowledge, justice, and understanding. Today we are joined by NDP alumnus Keegan Luther, who will be hosting Jace Henderson, NDP's Media Content Specialist, NDP Live Moderator, and Digital Video Instructor. Keegan Luther was a part of the Notre Dame Prep Class of 2016 and went on to study filmmaking at Arizona State University, where he graduated from in 2020. He is the CEO and one of the founders of Random Stuff Entertainment, a film company dedicated to promoting young and upcoming filmmakers who produce inspiring content. Keegan is currently pursuing a career in writing for television. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Laporte family in memory of Keegan's mother, Kelly Luther, who was always so proud of her children. We reflect on her life with great fondness and are grateful for the many things she did for our community. Her love and light will live forever in the hearts of her family and our NDP community. Thank you, Keegan and Jace, for joining us today. Hello, NDP alumni. Welcome to episode four of Forever Seeking. Today I am joined by Jace Henderson, NDP's media content specialist, NDP Live moderator, and digital video instructor. Jace is a communications, marketing, photographer, and video producer expert with over 12 years in the business. In 2008, he graduated from Fordham University at Lincoln Center with a BA in communications and media studies. His career started in New York with ABC News Network, where he shot, wrote, and edited stories for various shows, including World News Now, America This Morning, Good Morning America, Nightline, and World News Tonight. Reaching millions of people across the United States with stories ranging from breaking news to self-profile pieces involving major celebrities, David Muir, Paula Ferris, The Views, Sonny Hostin, Robin Roberts, Diane Sawyer, and Charles Gibson are just some of the pioneers in the broadcast industry he was able to work with. In 2014, Jace returned to his home state of Arizona where he joined ABC 15 KNXV as a national desk producer for E.W. Scripps Company. There he worked on a show called The Now and produced content with local on-air personalities Terry Olette, Susan Casper, and Yetta Gibson. Hi, Jason. It is so great to be with you today. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job with that, Keegan. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that was about as best um, as I can get. So. And I also have to and say... And I did it in one take. Yeah. I mean, for any of you who knows video editing, it's kind of hard to do when you do like a huge long monologue like that and you can't cover it and edit it. So absolutely. So, so yeah. So yeah. I, and I have to welcome you for being here today. So thank you for taking the time to well, come thank see you for us here at Notre Dame. Me. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, it's 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 awesome to be up here. We're actually on top of the press box in front of BMS Field. Um, for those of you watching us on YouTube. Um, this is where we actually have our cameras set up for our NDP live um, live streams for our football games and for our other sporting events. Um, so for those listening on Spotify and Apple Podcast, if you hear traffic in the background, that's kind of what you're what you're hearing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> How did you get your career started in journalism? Um, so I started my career in journalism um, back in high school. I was definitely involved with the arts. I, 
Um, loved musical theater actually, so I kind of started with an acting background and I actually um, was in the lead of my musical for my senior year of high school, which was Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, cool. And I loved uh, music, I loved voice, I loved acting. Um, but then I also loved uh, being a voice for people, and that was usually conveyed through um, writing. And ironically, I was not the strongest writer when I was in high school. Um, I actually did pretty poorly in a lot of my writing classes in English. It was not my strongest, my strongest subject. Um, but ironically, that totally took a shift, which we'll, we'll get to here in a little bit. But, um, but basically, I um, went and I studied uh, acting for two years in Chicago. I went to Columbia oh, College, okay. Chicago. Um, and I ended up taking an internship in 2005 uh, over the summer at Westport Country Playhouse in Westport, Connecticut. And that was actually a really cool experience for me. That was when... Um, if, if anybody knows theater, Joanne Woodward, who was Paul Newman's wife, was the artistic director of the theater at the time. And um, it was just a really cool experience. I met a lot of different people. Um, I met actors, but I met journalists too along the way. Just being on the East Coast, you're, when you network with certain people, um, it happens pretty quickly. And it's mm -hmm. actually kind of a small world when you start meeting people. And I, even though I loved acting so much, I got to a point where I knew that... Um, I, I would always have a love for being on stage, but I also still wanted to give back in a way. Um, and that was through my writing and through um, being able to tell stories and to have conversations with people and to also shed light on um, situations that need truth. Um, and that really is kind of the underlying premise of this entire podcast is that is what journalism is. Mm -hmm. Journalism is shedding truth on um, certain subjects and certain matters, and, and of course, it's a wide array of different you know ways of doing it. Um, but I knew that eventually, uh, on a professional level, to earn a paycheck every two weeks or however, you know, I, I knew. I um, wanted something cons consistent, and so I ended up switching my major. So I went from studying acting to studying communications and uh, media studies. So to do that, I actually transferred schools. I went from Columbia College Chicago and transferred to Fordham uh, University at Lincoln Center in New York. Um, and that provided me just geographically, it was a blessing to me. Oh, yeah because it was right across the street from ABC News, um, their headquarters, which is on Columbus and 66th Street. And um, I was talked into by my counselor at the time during my junior year to walk into ABC and just go to their internship fair. So they basically mm. have this huge one night event where you can walk in and you can um, basically give out your resume to a ton of different shows. Um, there was Good Morning America, there was Nightline, there was World News Now, there was World News with Charles Gibson at the time. Uh, Charles Gibson was the anchor and um, there's also a lot of different departments of ABC that you could work in. There's .com, there's, um, so it, it, you know, there was a lot of different ways of being involved in journalism that I wasn't completely sure yet how I was going to fit into it. but. Um, and I wasn't really expecting anything out of it. I walked into an internship fair thinking, okay, this is just for interviewing practice sake. 
Um, and um, in, lo, lo and behold, I actually did not hear anything from anyone for about a year after that in internship fair. And I finally got a call um, on my senior year um, from World News and they asked if I was still interested in being an intern. So I was one surprised by the fact that they kept my resume because I never <laughs> knew that they would actually keep it for that long. Um, and two, it just opened my eyes up to a whole new world of possibilities for me that I didn't really knew existed yet. Just because with age, when you're young, sure, yeah, um, you don't think of those possibilities as much until they actually happen. And so when I actually started interning for the show, um, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the fact that you can actually go out and report to the world, report to people on certain matters that you're passionate about. One of my biggest passions um, at that time and still is today is um, just the environment, uh, environmental related news. Um, that was really big for me. Also, um, just like ethical standards of like animal abuse and stuff like that was like something that really hit home for me. I'm a huge animal lover. And so as small of subjects those are, even though environmental reporting is kind of turned into, um, I don't know, some people roll their eyes because they feel like it doesn't exist, but um, it's something that definitely needs attention, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that that was my outlet. I knew that that was something sure. that I could actually use um, you know, my going as an intern, going into it, I could offer ideas and pitch story ideas to producers yeah. and possibly have them be picked up. So after um, about two semesters of um, interning with World News, I uh, graduated from Fordham in 2008. Um, ABC immediately hired me on as a staff producer for um, the early morning programming. So anyone who's up at all hours of the night. Um, they start with World News Now, which is usually about one o'clock in the morning, and they go all the way until about 4.30 in the morning with America This Morning. And then um, and then Good Morning America comes on after your local news. And so I worked for all three of those major programs. So um, that's kind of how I, I ended up into a producing role. And that was my first job out of college. Um, more of that, I guess, later to come with, sure, yeah. um, you know, where, where I ended up going after that, I, I decided to come back to Arizona in 2014 and work for KNXV here, but, um, but we'll, we'll get to more of that here in a little bit. Sure. Well, that's, that's fascinating. I had no idea that you actually pursued musical theater for a while. Like, obviously I you didn't did, know we yeah. had that in common in that way. Yeah. And that's, it's just really interesting because I, I can agree with you with the sense of finding your voice. That's mm -hmm. why I never really wanted to go into acting as a first and foremost what I want to do because right. obviously you know one of the reasons we really got along so well was we both want to do I'm, I'm more in entertainment film and things of that nature yeah uh, but obviously we got off uh, we when we met and everything it was a really nice way to kind of bond yeah. over that and so I just had no idea that you that you also did some acting I mean it make it makes sense knowing you that the thing that drew you to a lot of it was the to draw draw to journalism was the idea of telling some stories that you found important. Yeah. And so so that brings up, so why did you choose to come here? What kind of uh, led you to that? So when I, um, 
so I worked for GMA. Besides clearly trying to work with me on NDP Live. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know I draw a crowd. I was but... in New York and I was like, there's somebody named King and I got to go work with him. <laughs> exactly. There's this weird lanky senior that's just uh, begging He's for. He's calling my name. It's just herded in the, herded in the void. Yeah, it was. No, it is. It's, it's, and that's kind of the beauty of life. Um, you know, you, you think, especially in college today, and, and I guess this is like a message I want to convey to a lot of students out there that, yes, of course, like as a college student, it was a dream job and it was a wonderful experience. I never regretted doing, going about the route that I did. Um, but, you know, you, you go through school thinking, you know, with all this pressure, you, whether you're a doctor or whether you're studying to be a lawyer or you're a journalist going into broadcast, that you have to live up to these huge standards mm. of needing to be somebody um, really large within the capacity of, okay, well, does it really make sense for you and your lifestyle? Um, and for yeah. me, I, you know, when you, when you produce early morning news, a lot of people don't realize, you know, for us or for anybody who doesn't, who's not a part of the news production process, you know, everyone wakes up at six o'clock in the morning and sure. they turn on their TV and they're like, oh, the news is on, you know, like, oh, well, so they must have just popped into the studio <laughs> and they just started turning their, their equipment on and all of a sudden all this stuff is just magically produced. Oh, no, it's there's, just all there. There's people that have been there for hours and hours and hours before that broadcast and starts throughout the night to get the news ready for you and that was me um, and um, and so I did that you know I worked overnights for six years and um, I wouldn't say it fried me it just at a certain point I started realizing I'm living in New York City I actually lived in Jersey but you know I was commuting in every every night and um, I wasn't even really able to enjoy New York because I was so busy producing six days a week sure and when you work overnights and then you're going to bed at eight o'clock in the morning and waking up at two and three in the afternoon and then in the dead middle of winter in new york the sun goes down at three o'clock in the afternoon so sometimes i would never see the sun i would literally like go you home when it's dark and i would wake up when it's dark just... and i just was like you know what yeah i could try and find other avenues to produce during the day and stay in new york but now today I own a home and that home in New York would be, you know, a half a million dollar oh, home. Oh, sure, which absolutely. At that time, my salary, I wouldn't be able to afford it. So, you know, you just, when you start to get older, you start to assess what is important to you. Mm -hmm. And I just decided, you know what, my home state, which is Arizona, I wanted to be back here. I wanted to be back in the sun. I wanted to have a normal schedule again and be close to my family. And so that's how I ended up at um, ABC 15. Um, because I knew I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I know my skill set is in television producing, so I'm just going to go and do what I know best. So that's what I did. I transferred to ABC 15 and I worked there for about nine months and worked with great people there. I mean, I, I worked with Terry Olette and Susan Casper and Yetta Gibson and, and they're great, um, news personalities that are, are major hitters here in the Phoenix Valley. But I then still felt like there was something missing out of my life. Um, sure. And I felt that, especially um, one lesson to learn is in the corporate atmosphere, and I think this goes for a lot of industries, um, the revolving door is constantly moving. Oh yeah. And there's always somebody, bigger and better, who's waiting outside of the doors that's gonna be able to do your job better and cheaper. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, wasn't afraid of that, but I was just so like, you know what? I didn't really feel I was getting the reward out of it that I was wanting. And I honestly, my, my, my passion was like, you know what? I'd much rather work in a nonprofit atmosphere. That was what first came to my mind. 
And then I said, you know what, I would love to lend my expertise of what I know so far to people. Um, and what better than to do that than to work with students. And I randomly came upon a job posting that was here at Notre Dame um, back in 2015 that was to work in the marketing department. Um, and so that's how I, I ended up here. And, and so I, I, I got here to NDP um, primarily to work with the advancement and communications department. Um, but then I also realized there was this whole new component to building our digital media program, which Absolutely. was kind of non-existent. Oh, no, it, did, it definitely did not exist. So, I think it amounted to an iPhone and maybe a microphone, <laughs> but that was typically used by the drama program. Well, and that so. was the thing when I first started. My uh, director at the time, who's no longer here anymore, she asked me, she goes, well, you know, I asked her, I said, well, what kind of equipment do you have? Like, what kind of cameras do you have? And she said, well, I think there's some, there's some cameras in Mrs. Strolick's class. Go, you know, go inside her class and see what she has, and we'll just use that. And I literally, you know, I, I came from working in major broadcast <laughs> news, working with, like, $5,000 cameras with, you know, XLR inputs and, you know, nice sound inputs. and, and uh, So suffice to say, good yeah, and I and I walked into Strolik's class and I opened up her cabinet and all I saw were like these like fifty dollar camcorders, <laughs> and I could tell they were like five ten years old and I was like, and, and no offense to Strolik, please, like I know she has like great equipment too. Oh, and, absolutely, and, but, but just but going from for what I needed at the time, I was like, I, I no, we got to put some more equipment together. So luckily, they kind of had a little bit of a budget for me, so I put a wish list together and things slowly started to matriculate. Is that a word? Sure. Matriculate? <laughs> Accumulate, maybe? <laughs> Listeners, this is what we this is what you came here for. This is the Hi, best. I'm right. Jace, Jace Anderson, Anderson and I have a degree with communications. Jace University. Anderson creates words. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, matriculate. Uh, accumulate, I guess, is more of the word I want to say. Um, yeah, no, over the years we've definitely have uh, grown our resources here at Notre Dame with uh, really amazing equipment that Absolutely. our students are now able to use yeah and jumping in on that because i i came because I, I also was here when there was nothing but there was nothing for four years like and then we finally got some stuff right. towards the end there and it was me tj murphy and andrew davis and we all were told such by great 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 guys it, 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 they're all right no <laughs> no i love you guys you guys are the best um, i can only say that because i love them so much okay but, so uh, our producer so Jacob Weatherall, who is now our current president <laughs> of NDP Live, is, is sitting is here, a word. and he is an amazing producer because he backs me up, right? So he he checks and facts checks me. But and I don't think it means what you want it to mean. But what what is wait? What it does says it say? to enroll a member of a body. Okay, no. Okay, so that's not the word I was wanting. I was wanting not accumulate. at all. But you did get a word. Okay, all right. So you picked a word from a hat, and we're gonna pretend it means what you want it to mean. So anyway, going back to roasting TJ and Andrew. Oh my goodness. Uh, but no, we yeah. were. We all decided we all were into film, and I think yep. Ginny Temple was the person who yeah. brought it to us and this mm -hmm. idea of saying, "Hey, prepare for this because we're starting to get this thing on the light. We're starting to get this thing uh, coming in. We have this guy coming in." And I think you're going to like him. He has some really great experience. I think it's going to be really great for you guys yeah. your senior year. And I remember meeting you for the first time and feeling like, because 
because as much as I love film, I, I've been like teaching myself for most of this stuff. And then to finally to have someone that was like, oh, by the way, do you know all this? And to go, no, I know nothing. Please teach me. Like it was yeah. just so refreshing to have somebody that come in and just learn from you and being yeah. able to have something. But Loki, especially seeing what's going on now. Yeah. It was very sad. Like, I'm like, I want this. Yeah. Like, I wanted this. Like, you want to come back to I high want, school I want again. to come back to high school again. Not for yeah. everything else. The other stuff can just, like, go yeah. over there. But I'll just stick with you in, okay. like, the, the studio, and we'll just hang out. Right. It's, you know, with COVID and everything, maybe that can be a steady job. <laughs> anyway, so, s seriously, it's grown so much over the years. And yeah. it's just, and so, like, kind of what... Uh, clearly, we've kind of talked about where what it took to get here. And, uh, obviously, I kind of want you to talk about where we are at now but where do you see this going obviously we're building the fine arts center we're getting yeah. an actual studio that's getting even more yeah. uh, equipment and things and yeah. so uh tell us a little bit about that so um so first off just so everyone's caught up on this conversation keegan is actually i mean yeah i was the mentor who kind of initiated NDP live and, and got it going um, but Keegan is the one who spearheaded the whole NDP Live idea. So it was cool when I came in, not having worked with students yet um, in my career, to meet someone like you who already had this vision. And I'm like, you know, this is amazing. Like this, I, I was already feeling the reward from what I was doing because I was just in awe of the ambition and the dream that I was seeing in each of your eyes because this is something that you guys really wanted to do. And I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, we literally started, when I started with you, it was just you, Andrew, and TJ. Yep. Um, maybe a few other students on campus that had interest in, in media, but, um, and that was what was really funny about it is there was a lot of parents who had come to me and be like, well, I have, you know, a daughter or, or a son who has, you know, a really nice camera, let's just say, you know, a couple thousand bucks. And they would say, oh, well, I, you know, my child just does this as a hobby. And I go, well, there's so many other professional careers out there that they could actually take this to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. And they don't just have to be a doctor or a lawyer or, or you know, study finance. If this is something that they really want to expand their artistic talent on, then let's make this part of the curriculum. Um, to at, at least give them the opportunity to, yeah. to be able to explore that part of what they enjoy as a hobby and yeah. possibly yeah. give them the skills to be able well, to take it and professionally. For many people who are who know digital journalism, there are many, many, many fine high schools throughout the nation, mm -hmm. public and private, who already uh, have really state-of-the-art uh, television programs for students. And um, that is my recommendation to all of my students today is to start early. Um, it, it's, it's competitive to move from college into a major career in oh, journalism. Yeah. So, um, it, I always recommend start your reels now. If you're a producer and you're an editor, uh, go ahead and put those reels together. If you want to be on air, go ahead and just do fake mock on-air uh, video recordings of yourself and put those um, on your own YouTube channel um, in safe ways, of course, and and extend those links out. I guess you know to you know, as you're applying to colleges and and mm -hmm. especially journalism schools, they're going to appreciate the fact that you're already on top of it. You're already thinking about branding yourself. You're already thinking about you know thinking outside of the box, so that you're already competitive going into college. So hopefully, when you're exiting college and trying to get that first job, it's not going to be a complete shell shock. Absolutely. So um, so right now, today, fast forward five years. 
um, NDP Live is still a club, so we offer it as a club so students who can't take classes can still be a part of our program um, on a time that is convenient for them. So I, I'm always a huge person that never says no to anybody. If oh, they yeah. want to be a part of it, I will find every way to, to allow the, you know, them to make to, it work. To make it work. Um, and but we've also created an intro class, a digital video intro class, and an advanced uh, video class as well. So um, the intro class, really, you know, my mission. I teach both classes. Uh, my mission is to teach them how to write, shoot, and edit video, um, so that they understand the fundamentals of producing. And then once they hit the advanced class, um, my president and producer here behind the camera. Um, Jacob can vouch for this. Um, they, my advanced class works on what we call our annual giving day, uh, mm -hmm. Mardi Gras annual giving day, which is in February. Um, last year was our second year doing it, and it's this really cool opportunity where our students for 12 hours uh, produce a 12-hour live broadcast. And 60% of it is pre-taped, the other 40% is actually live. So the students have to work on an actual script. Um, they have to actually, um, you know, come in at you know, five in the morning to be ready to go on the air by six or seven if really we want to reach East Coast. So yeah, and it's just a really cool, fun experience. I think Jacob can vouch. You know, again, he it's just like one of those things where all the students are like, yeah, we really love annual giving day because it's the closest thing to putting on a live broadcast that you can get. You know, from actually you know just walking into a, a you know a major television studio and, and seeing how it works. Absolutely, and I know just coming from my own perspective of uh, you know helping trying in some attempt to be able to you know lay some groundwork and trying to get people excited about it it's something that i mean development professionally is something that i'm really passionate about i love development i love the idea yeah. of going into uh in the film world being able to go and find writers and scripts and find mm -hmm. like oh this is the basis of a really good idea and it's the same thing i like to apply what i felt back when and i can see mm -hmm. where it kind of stemmed from but What's been so amazing to me is paying attention to NDP Live as it's gone on and seeing the little stamps of personality, some people coming in and yeah. putting in, uh, uh, oh, they want to do a talk show, they want sure. to do this stuff, they want to go make videos that yeah. are more narrative. This is, and it's been so interesting to see this. And obviously, like, I'm just so blessed to be able to, you know, have that in my heart of being. A little small part of that at the beginning and being able to have that and to see it continue and yeah. to see be able to come back and see uh, essentially these generations of, of presidents and teams that yeah. we see in the office like these pictures of people some of whom i know and some of them who i have no clue who they are and that's yeah. really exciting to me that something be, right. extends beyond that and hopefully gives people an opportunity that i i didn't have as much of that yeah. i had to kind of create for myself and it's hopefully giving people opportunity that they don't have to create for themselves, that they can then focus on, as you're saying, creating reels, yep. having this stuff, and being able to start better early. Well, and, what's exciting you know, about that now going forward is the fact that we are building a $7 million fine arts center, um, which is called the um, St. Catherine of Bologna Art Center. Um, it is almost finished. For those of you who have been in and around the Notre Dame area and have seen it, it's, it's massive. It's a 20,000 plus square foot facility. And it's real. And it actually <laughs> happens. It's, it's actually happening. I know. There's so many people I've you know, heard of it and heard the dream of it and they never to saw all it. My fellow, to all my, all my fellow alumni who have been in the arts, it's happening. Yeah. I've seen it. It's there. It's right <laughs> over there. They're scaffolding in bricks. Uh, 
I can attest. I will make sure. It's not photoshopped. It's there. I'll make sure I put in an aerial drone shot that you recently took over this part so people they can see it. They need proof. Um, but yeah, so in that fine art center, I mean, there's going to be, um, I'll get to the NDP live good part last, but there'll be a full on um, flexible stage area so that we can actually have uh, theater productions and other uh, meetings that we might want to include students to be a part of um, in, in groups, large groups. Um, and there'll also be classrooms for guitar, for choir, for um, our, our jazz. Um, and it's and then on top of that, we now have um, an NDP Live uh, television studio that will be going in um, in that building as well. And it's um, the studio itself, I believe, will be about 1,200 square foot. It will include uh, state-of-the-art um, engineering um, that we've brought on some experts from Sneaky Big, who is a big production uh, company here in, in Northeast Shout Scottsdale. Out to Big. And um, we brought in some of their expertise and said, here, you know, here's our budget. We want to come as close to your guys' quality as possible. How do we do that? Because our, the NDP Live Studio in the building is actually on the first floor, and above will be our guitar uh, class. So immediately, I was like, "All right, there's got to there. be some major soundproofing that happens um, <laughs> in this room." And so they went a few extra miles to make sure that this space is truly a uh, television studio that we That's can use so for cool. all kinds of stuff at different times of the day without being interrupted. Um, there'll be a green screen wall as well as a, a permanent uh, set space so that we can actually have you know couches and places where we can actually sit down and talk to people like you and I right now are mm -hmm. doing. Um, and there'll be an actual control room with glass that our producers and director students can sit in with, um, you know, they can direct and, and operate software that we're in the middle of um, obtaining as we speak. So um, from my understanding, it's close to a million dollar price tag. Um, and uh, it's, you know, for, for high school students, not very many can say they would have that kind of an experience. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, at, at not many college other, people can right? say yeah. that they have like <laughs> like I can't so, say that I've had yeah. any sort of that experience. But I'm proud of it. So my, my dream eventually, just to kind of finish this question, is I, I want a a team of journalism, digital journalism students of at least fifty to hundred students who really want to be a part of it, understand it, understand how to write, understand how to shoot, understand how to edit, uh, go out and be a voice for our community. There's so much that's oh, happening yeah. here in the Northeast Scottsdale area of Phoenix. Um, and be a voice and, and, and be, um, you know, go out there and just tell stories. And um, I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing that is really important for students today um, is to just tell the truth of, of certain subjects, you know, of certain things that are happening in the world that they might have passion and, and, and uh, interest in, but they don't really know how to bring it together. So my, that's where I come in. That's where I am going to help, you know, uh, fine tune that and make sure that they know how to do that. Well, and speaking of which, this is a perfect transition with this, but obviously you, you have a very close connection with students, some you've seen from freshmen to seniors, some of which you got for a year or two, and it's and I'm sure you've seen a ton of people come and go, and obviously you've seen a lot of them grow, you have a lot of skills there, and so what is kind of, what, what has been your, what have you noticed as you've seen students grow, especially as this program has gone along, whether it's the type of students that started to attract, 
or things like that? Is there like skills that you're seeing that pop up or ones that yeah. people develop or skills that you try to teach? Like what's kind of... I mean, I think, I mean, you yourself as a perfect reflection of what I'm proud of seeing coming out of Notre Dame. And it's people like you, it's, it's, it's young individuals like you who are actually taking this and saying, hey, it's not just a hobby, it's actually something that I want to pursue professionally. And you guys are going out and you're doing it. Um, so, you know, Notre Dame is a wonderful school. We're strong academically, we're strong in our faith, we're strong um, in our athletics. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing that I really want us to um, get stronger at is our fine arts. Absolutely. And um, a part of fine arts is journalism and uh, television. So, um, so that's the that's the thing that I'm most proud of is is seeing students like you, seeing students like you know Andrew Davis and uh, Andrew Knoll, who was our president of NDP Live last year. Even though his interest is is not in television, he still does it on the side and wants to pursue it as a you know as a side hobby. Yeah. Um, but you know they're they're walking away with. Um, uh, with lessons on, like I said, the fundamentals of knowing how to write for television, knowing how to shoot, knowing how to edit, knowing how to interview, knowing how to ask the right mm -hmm. questions, um, knowing how to research, and actually getting the right information. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. And that's just and that's just absolutely fantastic. And you know, I think that that's just such an important thing and thank you for your compliments i'm definitely going to skip past them but uh, <laughs> uh it's something that i think is a really important aspect of ndp life even when we were creating was trying to do that was trying to say all right let's try to create a group where people can network they can find like-minded people and they can find like-minded people with passion now yep. uh going further with that obviously You've made a lot of, uh, just even just talking with you now, like a lot of decisions that obviously changed a lot of aspects of your life and sh whether it was changing the focus or realizing that there are stories that you want to tell about uh, that you've seen from others and things like that. Now, is there one, one uh, like moment in your life that you can think about that kind of you use as a guidepost, something that you kind of reflect on and kind of see that, as, that, that was a moment in my life that I'm really that helped define, you know, my perspective or the stories I want to tell, the reason why I want to shift, whether it was shift from being an actor to being more, I want to actually help people tell these stories. Well, I think that, um, I think in just kind of more in reference to where our world is at today, um, the biggest thing that upsets me the most when I listen to a lot of candid conversations and, and what you hear on the news so much and of course this kind of crosses into a political conversation a little bit but is this whole idea of fake news mm -hmm. and um, and yeah there, there's there's a degree of news that is it being accurately reported there's some questions about that um, is news today in the way that it's broadcasted different than say the Walter Cronkite era? Um, you know, everyone would, would agree that regardless if networks like CNN or Fox were right or wrong in the way that they present their news, there is now a editorial uh, opinion injection into the news as it's being delivered. Yes, yes. And that's what people are being, are becoming upset about. And I understand that, and I disagree with that. I think that obviously news today has to be 
um, left up to the viewer mm -hmm. um, on what their opinion is about it. However, uh, there is also an importance in my job today, and that is the reason why journalism is so important to me, is I want to teach students that they need to help change that back mm -hmm. to what journalism used to be. And that was obtaining the facts and simply presenting those facts uh, in a neutral fashion so that that's all you're doing. You're, you're presenting the news. You're not, you're not adding your belief or opinion. It's, it's not into, an editorial in that sense. Exactly. So um, that is where I feel it's important today. I mean, we, we as a democracy, as a nation, depend on journalism. Yes. Journalism and our journalists today who are well-respected, um, it, it is a check and balance system. Mm -hmm. That is how we keep people that we need to ask questions to in check so that we can accurately inform the public and Absolutely. our community of what is accurate and what isn't. Yeah. Um, so for someone to just plainly say it's fake news, okay, it might be fake, but let's not just take something that was just regurgitated and thrown into our ears and just believe it and walk away from it and be like, oh yeah, it's fake news. Yes. You know, like, yes. it's, we've kind of fallen into this, uh, this... Well, it's the soundbite culture. It's the idea right. of of just hearing, oh, hearing and repeating a soundbite that sounds good, but yeah. not necessarily doing any follow up, not necessarily yeah. going any further. So it's important for our youth today to understand that that you know it it is a gift in our democracy system and being in the, a citizen of the United States to be able to ask questions, mm -hmm. and um, and and rightfully so, they have every right to do that. Absolutely, that's that's so, part of the whole um, part I, of being an American is yeah. being able to be able to ask questions. And, and I think that's part that. of a lot of people's interests and passions in going into journalism is you are there to press and ask hard questions, even when it's uncomfortable. Yes. And for some reason today, our, you know, even when it comes to disputes amongst our youth and, oh, and yeah. our views, we're not used to hearing each other. We don't want to hear each other because the minute mm -hmm. we don't hear something we don't like, we disagree with it, and then we have a confrontation about it instead of actually just deliberating about it. Exactly. Instead of actually having an argument, it's more of a, I'm right and you're stupid, exactly. rather than, uh, I, like, here's my opinion, what's yours? Yeah. And understanding the idea that just because someone presents a different opinion than you doesn't mean that either your opinion is invalid yeah. or that somehow your opinion or their opinion yeah. has to change by the end of this conversation. It's simply yeah. about trying to reach the other person and trying to understand yeah. that. And I yeah. think that that is, that is really important. And yeah. I think that that's such an admirable goal that I'm glad that you're imbuing in kind yeah. of a younger generation because I think it's something that is sorely lacking and I wish that it would come back yeah. ASAP. So we like to end each podcast with this question and in keeping with the name of the podcast, uh, what is something in your life that you are forever seeking? Who is a saint that possesses the values you seek to model your life after? So I would say that the saint that I would model my life after would be um, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, and that's because he was a patron, um, patron saint of um, animals and the environment. Um, that actually goes back to what my original love was when I first started. 
um, studying journalism mm -hmm. was reporting on um, on ethical issues. Uh, you know, particularly there was one uh, subject that I was studying, and I had to write a, a paper in college um, that was on animal slaughter. And I know it's kind of a, like crazy, like you know subject to talk about sure. but it was something that struck to me um, that I wanted to study and as a journalist I wanted to shed light on about what happens in slaughterhouses across the country and so I um, and, and I'm a meat eater I love meat I'm not saying there's anything wrong with 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 eating meat but uh, in particular there with this there. There's ethical standards, ethical standards I feel yeah. that like our our animals like should be treated <laughs> fairly <laughs> before they go to slaughter, and I've always been and so so that actually that one moment was when I decided God I got to be some sort of journalist and report on issues like this because not very many people know like what actually goes on behind closed doors and how they get their food and how it ends up on yeah. their table and um, what those animals had to go through in order to uh, you know endure you know just sort of the trauma and like the craziness and and yeah they're livestock but they also have beating hearts and like I think anything else in this world they deserve respect you know mm -hmm. even if they're meant to you know be for food consumption um, so that would be, I think, the one um, patron saint that I just resemble and like, just really feel that is the closest to me and, and represents me. Um, and and also, like I said, I mean, just I'm a lover of the planet. I'm a, a lover of the environment. I'm a lover of um, making sure that you know. I do believe in a heaven, but I also like to think that the planet that we are living on is also heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is well, it needs to be treated. It, it needs to be treated right. in a way like, that's I mean, this respectful is, of it and not just destroying it. Yeah. In, the, in the way of we have to be able to live with it and and yeah. evolve with it. Yeah. So that's I think this is is something that I feel if we can try and accurately inform people of things uh, through journalism and through our and our artistic talents of whatever that may be. Um, we can hopefully get people more on board with wanting to protect the things that are dear to us that you know we're sitting here in the middle of the desert and it's it's gorgeous it's oh, like absolutely. why why would anybody want to come and destroy this or uh you know eventually make our planet inhabitable and and just assume well <laughs> yeah. Let's invest our dollars to go explore Mars instead. And I'm like, well, let's let's use those dollars and actually try and improve the place we're currently living on. Absolutely. Um, so, anyways, I, I guess to kind of put a more modern spin to a spiritual question of what you asked, I think that that's that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I love Saint Francis as well. That's somebody who really has spoken to me a lot lately, uh, in the sense that. Uh, my fiance, uh, she really introduced me to St. Francis in a more direct way. I had heard about him, had it, you know, had those aspects, but I never really did much research into him. Last winter, uh, I was visiting her and her family in uh, Italy, and she took me to Assisi for, uh, for Christmas. Wow. And it was one of those beautiful experiences where it's kind of, again, obviously in the U.S., we have American saints, we have things like that, but for us, I feel... 
it's easier to think of them as mystical, like kind of the way we think of myths. It's how we think of like, you know, King Arthur, these standards yeah. to live to, but yeah. not really real. Right. It's so weird to then go up to a tomb yeah. and being like, yeah, this person you've heard about, yeah, they're in there. Yeah. And just being like, well, <laughs> this person actually existed. And then going and finally putting these stories to actual places. And then when you read about them, and it just really gave me this sense of, perspective in the sense that you know what i love about saint francis is now we really praise him we really yeah. you know celebrate his life and a lot of people like you have the franciscan friars you have these amazing groups but when he was starting mm -hmm. he was kind of a rebel in that day like like not intentionally that wasn't what yeah. his intention was he wasn't trying to be uh a like trying to say there's something wrong with how you're doing things he just felt this is the yeah. way to live and some people found that antagonistic others found that appealing right and what i find it very appealing with his idea of significance and the idea of simplicity and the idea of loving the world and that everything matters and that everything's a part of it and mm -hmm. the idea that but more moreover the fact that he never tried to debate with you about it he never tried like from what i've read he never tried to be like Oh no, like my way's better than your way. No, people, he just kind of would look people in the eye and it's yeah. like, well, I'm kind of sorry you feel that way, but you know, right. I'm going to pray for you. I love you. And yeah. this is, I don't care if you mock me, I love you. And sure. it's like, uh, it's this always reaching a hand out. And there are tons of guys with him who are like, you know, man, what, what's going on? Like, <laughs> like they're making fun of us. Like maybe we should tone it down a little yeah. bit. And he's like, okay, you can, um, like, he's saying, why? Why would yeah. we do that? Right. Why would we do that just because somebody else does it? Sure. It's, it's This is temporary. You know, yep. God is forever. Yeah. And I really admire that because it was never a sense of chauvinism. It wasn't right. for effect. Yes, it had an effect, but it was never for an effect. Yeah. It was just trying to live it out. Yep. And I think that's so often we forget about that and we forget about the idea that it's not about what we say, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, as you're talking about with journalism, is it's we can say this stuff all day long, but it, and we can say, how come more people don't know about the info? But if we're not yeah. out there right. and actually talking about it and yeah. actually trying to bring it to light, trying to do this stuff, it's just a lot of talk. Sure. And it's also like the idea of, I think, Catholic principles. It's the same idea there. We can preach all day long. We can say these things all day long but at the bottom line is unless you're seeking to actually live that way yeah and be attractive by how you live mm -hmm. no change will ever be made because yeah. no change is made by words alone it's word made by words and action yeah and it's always going to be that way at least that's how i see it that's some pretty powerful stuff you just said almost enough to end this on. <laughs> and so, thank you for, thank you, Chase, for joining us on our second speaker on NDP's Forever Seeking podcast. Thank you so much for having me and everything. This has yeah. been such a great time talking no, with you. absolutely. And, and I, I want to thank you. And then I also want to congratulate you and your fiance. It's, thank you it's, so much. It's crazy when Keegan reached out to me, we just recently started talking a few weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I'm engaged. <laughs> And I'm like, what, Keegan? Ke like, like to me, I'm still thinking Keegan in senior high school. You know? Oh, so and then, am I. And then, like, all of a sudden, four years flashes by, and I'm like, what? You're engaged? So. Oh, I'm definitely not an adult. No, like that's definitely. <laughs> like, I had to think about my own age, like prior to this. That's not even a joke. That's that, literally before the cameras started rolling. I had to count. Like. That is awesome. So I just, everyone here at Notre Dame is, you know, we all love you, and we're, you know, it's, we just want to congratulate you on your engagement. Thank you. And we're just happy for you. We're happy to see, you know, where your life um, continues to, to go and grow. And, 
and you're out in LA, so. Thank you so much. Uh, I know with COVID, things are kind of complicated, but you know what? I think we're, I, you know, the, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And, and you're a very bright individual and you're gonna get through it. So I have no hesitation and doubt at all that you're gonna do more and bigger and amazing things out there. Oh, well, thank you so much, Yeah, Jess. It yeah. really means a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, no problem. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> We're good. I can, I can add it with that. Thank you, Jason Keegan, for joining us for this episode of Forever Seeking. I would like to encourage all of our alumni to stay connected with us at www.ndpsaints.org forward slash alumni forward slash stay dash connected. Thank you again to the Laporte family for sponsoring this episode in memory of Kelly Luther. Please continue to pray for the Luther family, Kurt, Keegan, and Kendall. We invite you to subscribe to Notre Dame Prep on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and watch for our next episode with an NDP teacher who is truly a light to all who meet her, Brooke Dauphiné. Thank you.